0: Welcome to the ShakeOut Podcast. I'm your host, Kate Van Buskirk. In this episode, we talk with an elite half-marathoner about his decision to go vegan and the somewhat surprisingly positive results. We also check in with a sports nutritionist for advice about balancing endurance running with plant-based eating. Today's episode is brought to you by Suspro Foods, Suspro, short for Sustainable Protein, is an industry leader in plant-based, allergen-friendly protein bars. Their unique seed blend is the number one ingredient in all of their products. Packed with amino acids and healthy fats, the only thing these vegan bars skimp on is refined sugar. Visit susprofoods.com to learn more. Phil Perot-Migas took to the start line of this fall's Scotiabank-Toronto Waterfront Half Marathon as an event newbie. At 26 years old, he had already enjoyed several running careers. He was a competitive high school track athlete, ran varsity cross-country for Western University, and has a sub-five-minute beer mile to his name. Ready for a new challenge, he turned to the STWM Half to test himself on the roads and it was a roaring success. He ended up placing second overall in his debut, running a blazing 1.05.46. Then, last weekend in Houston, he bettered that time by almost two minutes, crossing the line in 1.03.53. Phil attributes his success to many of the factors typically cited by runners. A great training group, in his case in the form of the Backroads Bandits, knowledgeable coaches, and strong dedication to a high-mileage training plan. But he also credits something less conventional, a vegan diet. I connected with Phil in his home of London, Ontario, to chat about his recent accomplishments and leading a plant-based life. All right, Phil, I want to start with a pretty straightforward question, but one that I think is worth asking because in the world of veganism vegetarianism and all these different terms i'd love to get your definition of what it means to be a vegan
1: yeah so it's pretty important to me um obviously the world's kind of changing and you see more and more people becoming vegan or even vegetarian or even periodically throughout the week taking out meat and seeing how that works um so to me it's really important because uh there's three things that it kind of covers Um, So the first one, obviously, I'm not consuming an animal because I feel like they should have the right to live. So um, that's the major reason. The second reason, it's for the environment. It's crazy how much uh, work and how much resources goes into just feeding the animals that eventually get fed to us. And then the last one is health reasons. Um, It seems to have really helped me. And I think it's helped a lot of runners um, or any athlete. There's a lot of athletes out there that are... Um, high caliber athletes that are plant-based. I would recommend watching the movie Game Changers because mm-hmm. they kind of look into the life of an elite athlete and the benefits that they see about having a plant-based diet.
0: Right. Th- those are all very sort of complex reasons. How long have you been vegan?
1: Yeah. So I've been vegan almost exactly a year now, but I actually began become being vegetarian uh, a little over three years. Um, so, totaling, it was like three and a half years um, that I've stopped eating meat and then fully vegan a uh, year now.
0: And was that something that you sort of uh, came to on your own, or were there other influences or people in your life who were eating that way that sort of inspired you to want to make this lifestyle change?
1: Yeah. When I first started, um, like I never really enjoyed eating meat, I just thought I had to eat it to get the proper nutrition. And then I did a bit of research, and then Netflix came out with a couple other documentaries, um, the first one being Forks Over Knives, and then uh, What the Health. Um, so I watched those, and those, those kind of opened my eyes. And then I was like, you know what, I'll try it for two weeks, see how my body adapts to it. And I found it super easy, and then uh just kind of kept rolling from there. Um, so the main thing was just like I kind of never really enjoyed meat, and I just wanted to see what would happen if I stopped eating it and if my body would adapt to it.
0: So you've said you talked a lot about meat. Do you eat any animal products at all?
1: Um, So being a vegan, uh, I try not to now. So you'll always see me looking at the ingredients on the back of a box because you never know. There's always fine print. So like gelatin um, is a byproduct of an animal or like obviously sometimes you'll see that there's milk in a certain product uh, when you wouldn't think there'd be milk ingredients. Um, So right now I don't eat anything that has anything coming from an animal or that is uh, an animal. Well, obviously, when I was a vegetarian, I was
0: still eating dairy and things like that. That sounds like it could be really difficult. That could be a really difficult way to live. Do you find that that's a bit of a hassle, having to be so vigilant about your ingredient list and things like that?
1: So yeah, it's, it's kind of like a lot of people ask me that, like, oh my God, how do you do it? Um, I think the best way to do it is in phases. Um, obviously, don't hop right into becoming a vegan. Kind of like just go for a week, see if you don't have to eat meat for the whole week or even half the week. Try not eating meat. And then if that goes easy, like try it for a couple of weeks, months, and so on, um, which is what I did. Once you kind of get the hang of that, you just got to start reducing your actual dairy intake and stuff like that. But you got to do it in transitions. And then if you do it in transitions, it's super easy.
0: Jen Saigo is a registered dietitian and sports nutritionist. She works with tons of high-performance athletes including members of Athletics Canada. Jen is seeing more and more athletes come through her practice looking to experiment with plant-based eating, and she echoes Phil's advice around taking things slowly. I would say I
2: see an increasing number of people who are interested in plant-based diets. So they're coming to me because they're curious. Uh, Maybe they've watched Game Changers on Netflix, um, or they're hearing about uh, environmental consequences of eating meat. Um, or animal rights concerns. And they're ultimately feeling like they want to make some choices to move in that direction. So there's partly the people who are coming to see me who already have established either a vegan or vegetarian diet, but then also those who are sort of curious and starting to uh, experiment a little bit and want a bit of education. So it does require some planning. And that's really important to realize when somebody sort of rushes into my office and says, I'm going to go vegan. I I often say, okay, do we have to go all vegan all the time on day one? Can we not just transition gradually over time, maybe by changing one meal per day at a time?
0: When you have vegan or vegetarian sort of plant-based athletes that are coming to you, what are some of the potential health or performance benefits to going plant-based?
2: So some of the big benefits that a person might um, notice is if you've especially taken your diet from one where maybe you haven't been very deliberate or conscious about what you're eating and you make a positive change in things like your fruit and your vegetable intake, things like nuts and seeds and whole grains, which are certainly cornerstones of a well-planned plant-based diet, uh, you may notice that you start to feel much better and your energy might go up. Some people even call this the vegan honeymoon. Um, where you have this initial phase of increased energy, maybe increased performance. We know that diets that are high in antioxidants, for example, from brightly colored fruits and vegetables, as well as those nuts and seeds, may be beneficial for helping with muscle soreness. And then on top of that, if you're getting sufficient carbohydrates in your diet, you know, maybe your diet before was a bit more animal protein-based and, and maybe we're going a bit low-carb, by getting some more of those whole grains in your diet, you might notice that you have a bit more energy to train. So there can be some real uh, benefits, especially initially, where people will feel significantly better and notice the performance out on the, on the
0: track or on the pavement. Phil has noticed these health benefits firsthand, and his performances have steadily improved during his time as a plant-based runner.
1: Before I became vegetarian, I was pretty anemic. Like my iron levels were pretty low. Um, I'd always be taking pills and often a lot of distant runners do that. So I kind of just wanted to change up my diet and see what happens. And then um, after becoming vegetarian, I went to get some more blood work done. And then my iron levels were actually much higher than they were previously. Um, So that was like one indicator that I was like, okay, um, obviously going plant-based is helpful to my health. And... As you can see, over the last three years, it's definitely helped my, my my performances in running that I find too.
0: That's really fascinating that you actually had um, some anemia, some iron and hemoglobin issues. And then... You know that seems counterintuitive that by eliminating particularly red meat, which we know is so high in that heme iron, um, that easily absorbable form of iron, that your your levels actually went up. Did you start supplementing, or was it just like were you getting different iron sources through uh, your diet as a plant based athlete?
1: Um, I just started eating a, a lot more vegetables. It's kind of funny. Like there's a lot of memes online that you would see where there's like a funny photo and someone's like, "What." there's protein and vegetables are like, what I could get everything I need in vegetables. Um, so I just honestly just took out the, uh, the meat and it seems to be working fine for me. And like everything's gotten better uh, health wise. So more energy, I don't have to nap as much anymore. Yeah. Uh, I, there's huge, huge benefits to it. And I'm not really supplementing anything. Um, the only thing I would suggest supplementing is vitamin B12, because that's something that you can only really get in meat But even in meat, it's in small consumptions. So if you are eating meat, I would still recommend that you take vitamin B12 uh, supplements.
0: While there are certainly many positive health repercussions to going vegetarian or vegan, Phil's experience, particularly with his iron levels, doesn't necessarily reflect how all or even most distance runners will respond. Jen acknowledges that there can be some challenges with this type of diet, and suggest that athletes consider iron and other supplements when transitioning to a plant-based lifestyle. What are some of the potential health or performance drawbacks or concerns with going plant-based?
2: I want to uh, preface this by saying that oftentimes vegans in particular, people who follow more plant-based diet, they, they chafe at these questions because they say, you know, we tend to single out problems or the health concerns or risks of a, of a vegan or plant-based diet. And they say, well, look, you know, what are the health risks of a traditional Western diet? There are many. So why are we so fixated on the health risks of a vegan diet? So acknowledging that, we do still need to point out that there are some nutrients of concern. And in particular, uh, some of the, maybe not all of them, but some of them may be calcium, uh, omega-3 fatty acids, which you can get to a certain extent from foods like walnuts uh, and flax seeds, but are a little bit easier to get. Uh, especially in their most highly usable form uh, from fish. Uh, We also could have concerns potentially around protein, a well-planned vegan diet that doesn't need to be a concern. And then one of the big ones that I deal with a lot is iron. Um, Iron is uh, a a, a mineral that is present particularly in red meat. It does exist in plant-based foods, but it's a big concern for athletes, uh, especially endurance athletes and very especially female endurance athletes, who tend to be low. And if we're not getting enough iron in our diet, it can cause us to feel fatigued and it can compromise our aerobic performance. And then lastly, we do also want to be conscious of vitamin B12, uh, which we really do need um, either to take a supplement uh, or if we're going sort of um, uh, vegetarian and not vegan, we can get our B12 from things like eggs or dairy foods.
0: What are some of the other ways that folks can get some of those things like protein, iron, calcium, B12, some of the ways they can get those things in their diet without having to consume animal products? Sure.
2: Well, without even getting into specific um, foods for each nutrient first, I think it's really important that you understand you need to like plant-based foods and know how to cook them. So, for example... If you've never really eaten beans before or know how to cook them or know how to make a a curry or enjoy hummus, you want to start by learning how to enjoy those foods. If you've never made tofu before, you probably want to learn how to play around with tofu. And it can be very simple to start. You know, you can take canned beans and rinse them out and put them on top of a salad and get used to that flavor and taste and texture. Experimenting with a wide range of nuts and seeds, trying macadamia nuts onto your uh, oatmeal All of those sorts of plant-based protein foods, they're going to help you get some of those key nutrients. Of the ones I just mentioned, a few that I would key in on, iron. Uh, Pumpkin seeds are a terrific source of iron. So they're a great one to include in things like baking. I mentioned oatmeal. I put them on my salads all the time. I love the little bit of crunch they give. They go really nicely into lots of different trail mixes. Uh, I mentioned those chickpeas, beans, and lentils, those are a great source of protein. Uh, calcium, uh, we can get some from almonds, we can get some from broccoli, we can get some from other green vegetables, kale, for example. Uh, but in some cases, you may want to take a supplement or use a calcium fortified almond milk or plant-based milk. A vitamin D supplement and a vitamin B12 supplement are both smart. Uh, vitamin D in Canada, it's just hard to get enough. And again, B12, uh, your best bet is to use a supplement in those cases. But the other foods and nutrients we talked about, they can be, uh, you can achieve adequacy through a diet. You just have to make sure that you're consuming them consistently.
0: Phil recognizes the importance of the consistency and diversity that Jen is talking about. And he turns to many of these foods to fuel him through his 160 kilometer training weeks. So I want to get into some of the like nitty gritty about how you fuel and what you eat. And of course, um, there there was recently an article in our magazine about what you eat in a day. So people, I'll definitely link that and write up and folks can reference that as well. But you talked about, you know, of course, again, it seems like the two really big points of contention for people around the concept of going plant-based are trying to get enough protein and enough iron. So if you could talk a bit about what specific foods or food groups you eat to make sure that you're getting everything you need, given that you're not consuming animal products.
1: Yeah. So examples of what I would eat are mixed variations of certain things and you got to get really creative. Uh, And I have gotten a lot more creative with uh, my cooking, but I really use... like The four main things I really use are rice, quinoa, couscous, and pasta. Typically, that's a base. And then you would have to use multiple different types of seasonings if you want. For protein, there's a lot of protein in chickpeas, lentils, kidney beans. So then if you mix that with the right seasoning... Um, and then you saute some vegetables. You could do really different types of variations. And there's so many different sauces out there that are vegan and plant-based that you could just mix up all those and you could have almost 15 different types of meals. Someone who's huge right now on the plant-based diet is Rory Linkretter. Um, and he's really good at posting his nutrition and how he's eating. I think him and his wife are both plant-based now. And he posts some pretty wicked awesome um, meals on his Instagram. So yeah, it's all about being creative and then just loading up on the vegetables. You can make anything pretty much plant-based. I make a plant-based lasagna. Um, You could use tofu, cook it the right way. You're gonna think it's chicken. You could buy non-chicken chicken fingers. Um, which I've looked at the ingredients maybe 50 times thinking it's chicken because it tastes exactly like chicken. But yeah, there's so many variations. And if you go to the grocery store, there's always a section now for plant-based diets and they're just getting bigger and bigger.
0: I have to ask, is there anything that you particularly miss? Like, do you ever Um,
1: feel like a craving for meat? uh, So I'm half French and... There's this thing that my mom would always make on Christmas. It's called a meat pie. So it's like ground beef in a pie. Um, so initially, when I first went vegetarian, I was like, "Oh, mom, that's the one thing I miss." My mom loves to cook, and she loves to do go on online and find cool plant-based meals. So then for Christmas this year, she made a vegan meat pie for myself and my my brother because my brother's also vegan, and my sister's vegetarian. So she used a millet, it's called a millet pie, and it's just a bunch of vegetables with the right seasoning, and it tasted exactly like a meat pie. So that kind of put that meat pie out the window, and then now I don't really miss anything, because I could kind of make anything taste like it did. Like the only thing would be like a steak, but I never really enjoyed a steak. But yeah, I guess, yeah, the meat pie was the only thing, but not anymore.
0: Phil has always considered himself to be a good cook, but he says that out of necessity, he's become even more adventurous with his recipes. He rotates through dozens of amazing creative dishes that he finds online.
1: They're simple. They, you could be make them in 30 minutes and they taste awesome. Yeah, I think my, my favorite one would be the lasagna I make. So instead of using ground beef, I actually use couscous. Um, and then for like the actual texture, if you add couscous and uh, hummus and mix it together and then fry some veggies in a pan and then put that all together. And then that's going to be the layer between the actual pasta. And then if you add a bit of seasoning in the sauce, and then you use nutritional yeast as well, toss it in the oven, you'll be pretty surprised how good it tastes.
0: In terms of like snacking, because I know a lot of people are really big on snacking, what sorts of things do you snack on to make sure that you're going to be getting enough of the things that you need in your diet?
1: So I really like uh, cashews, peanuts, or or almonds. I love chips, but I don't eat chips all the time because obviously (laughs) that's not the best for you. Crackers and hummus, like a dip like that is pretty good. You get a lot of nutrition um, from the hummus. There's a lot of awesome stuff in that. And then the crackers, I always just look at the ingredients because sometimes there may be milk ingredients or milk byproducts in it. Often if it says may contain milk, um, it just means it was obviously made in a in an area or an environment that has milk products doesn't mean it's exactly inside the actual item or the, the product. But yeah, crackers and some sort of hummus dip. And there's so many different types of dips, or even like guacamole, those are all awesome. Then we'll give you a lot of energy.
0: You said that, you know, you you've actually feel like a lot of your health markers have improved since you stopped eating animal products. But going in, you know, I'm sure, again, you did your research and you kind of planned this out as well as you could. But did you have any concerns or reservations about going vegan in terms of the effect it might have on your performance?
1: Yeah, for sure. And like I wouldn't know until I actually tried it. Um, I do know some people try it and then they get super tired and they say, no, I need to actually have animal protein. Um, But I think you can relate it to anything. A couple of years ago, I tried to increase my mileage to so start doing doubles, but my body didn't react properly to it. And then I tried it again the next year and then I kind of like made it work. I divided my runs accordingly and then my body was able to adapt to it. And now Monday to Friday, I always double and it's like my body needs those two runs. So it's the same thing related to uh, my nutrition intake. Um, if your body doesn't adapt to it right away, I wouldn't give up on it right away. Maybe go back to eating meat periodically once or twice a week and then slowly cut it out.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. And it sounds like that flexible approach is really key. I mean, I think lots of people who are vegan feel very passionately about it for the same reasons you do and want to encourage others to at least explore veganism. But of course, we know that just like anything, a specific diet or, or lifestyle approach is not going to necessarily be right for every single person in a like narrowly prescriptive way.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Ideally, it'd be sweet if the whole world was got, has gone plant-based, but um, everyone's different and everyone needs different types of nutrition and their bodies are different. Um, so yeah, I think the flexible approach is the best way to go and then see if you could fully supplement it out of your diet.
2: I think there's lots of benefits to a plant-based diet, especially environmentally and for animal welfare. But I would also say that give yourself the permission to move into this space gradually. And I don't think this needs to be about guilt or shame. We have enough of that going on with diet these days. So if you say, hey, you know what? I'm going to do a little bit of plant-based and that's a big change for me. That's great. You don't have to swing the pendulum back and forth to extremes all at once. And I think people now are pretty frustrated because they're getting so much conflicting diet advice and one minute they're keto and the next minute they're vegan. Um, so it's okay to be patient. We know that eating a wide range of whole uh, intact foods, largely from their original source with minimal processing is the best diet. And it doesn't have to be all or one type of diet, uh, especially not as a knee jerk change. So take your time, experiment, experiment, Enjoy it, uh, let's not treat it as a source of stress or
0: shame. Jen also strongly urges anyone considering the switch to a plant-based diet, particularly runners, to meet with a dietitian who can help guide them through the process.
2: And I would say you want to start the earlier, the better. So I would start again, when you're considering a shift to a plant-based diet, I would have a conversation right off the bat. Look at where your nutrients of concern are, where's your possible deficiencies, where are you starting from, and then start to build up a recipe skill set and a cooking skill set and an inventory of products that exist on the market that you can start trying. You know, maybe you want to try pea protein uh, milks for the first time. So, those are part of the assessment and planning process that you can accomplish with a dietitian. And if you can get one who has some experience in sport nutrition and understands the unique needs of athletes and runners, then all the better. Then we can really make sure that we're addressing some of those really critical nutrients, runners like iron and like protein. But uh, we as dietitians, we are trained to provide support in this area and we are here to help.
0: So it seems like you've sort of had multiple careers already. You know, you you ran in university, you were a beer miler for a while, and now it seems like you've really made this transition into taking the roads really seriously. You debuted your half marathon in Toronto this fall and placed second in an awesome time in a 65 and change. And then you just PB'd again over the weekend in Houston, taking almost two minutes off that time. Um, So again, if any listeners, uh, understanding that it's individual, but if any listeners are concerned that. Performance declines significantly when you stop eating animals. you're a pretty great example of someone who's actually thrived despite being plant-based. So let let's talk a little bit about your running like how how has training been? How did you feel about those races and what's coming up next for you? So
1: <laughs> I never thought I'd be actually doing a half marathon, but I decided to do it back in October and then I loved it. It's such a fun race and it's kind of nice that it's long. So I guess I could call myself a half marathoner now. I run with a group of runners called uh, the Bandits. And um, we kind of range from the 1500 all the way up to the half marathon and even the marathon for Chris Balestrini. But I'm going to focus more on the 5K to 10K for the next couple months and try to see if I could PB in those as well. And then just keep eating more vegetables because it seems to be helping.
0: Big thanks to Phil and Jen for sharing their thoughts and expertise with us this week. You can follow Phil on Strava and learn more about Jen through her website, jennifersygo.com. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ShakeOut Podcast, and subscribe to our show on iTunes or through your favorite podcatcher. Check out the latest episode of The Rundown which is co-hosted this week by another speedy vegan half marathoner, Rory Linkletter. As always, thanks for tuning in, and we'll chat again soon.